keep Rayman Digital on the air by pledging to our Patreon page. Uh, your continued support allows us to continue to make great content and offer even better features in the future. Help us keep the lights on in the studio by pledging one to ten dollars a month. Go to patreon.com slash Rainman Digital to pledge. Mm. Oh M me. I just want to be loved. Warning. Supernatural the Crossroads contains adult language and discussions. If you're easily offended, do not continue to listen. Oh, Dad. Oh, Dad. Oh, Dad. everybody to another supernatural the crossroads and the first ever the crossroads coronatus edition Coronatus, because we've been fucked over just like the rest of the world i am your host thomas cowley joined with me today is ryan denton yo and michael flores hello and because of the current global croatoan coronatus coronavirus whatever it is we all really know what it is as supernatural fans but whatever they want to call it right now yeah We'll go with it. We'll go with the great lie. <laughs> the great lie. We know who's behind this. Exactly. The devil, which is what brings us to our subject today. Now, we have several weeks of Supernatural ripped from our grasp right when we were getting close to the end. In a season that has had multiple breaks for various reasons, now once again we have to wait even longer for the next episodes to air. And we've had about, I think it's six or seven, I can't remember the exact count. Seven. Seven that have been pulled due to Supernatural's broadcast schedule being on hold due to coronavirus. As a result, and out of boredom of being trapped in our homes constantly, as everyone is, it seems, these days. essential workers, We get tired of, of masturbating eventually. At least six eventually. times a day. Eventually, you're just like, you know what, I'm, I've seen it all. Well, I'm dehydrated. I need some more electrolytes and some, Gatorade and, yeah. and baby powder. That's why I have Gatorade tonight. I think between the three of us, <laughs> it's pretty much every hour on the hour. Someone's jerking off. One, yeah. One of us. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's, I'm sure that's accurate. So, because of that. I was joking, but now no, when I think about it, you know, no, it is you're right. probably accurate. It's a hundred percent true. If I don't answer a text guys, I'm probably wrong. <laughs> you're same. Now, because of that, we have decided to mix things up a little bit. We have come up with seven different topics of shows that we will continue to do during this current coronatus pandemic, where some of them will be intellectual things that we are known for and traditionally talk about. Some of them will be things that are sexually deviant and yeah. and, and just truly shocking. And some of them will just be funny and weird things that we want to do because fuck it. And this is going to be on top of all of the additional Patreon content that has been sorted and mapped out as well that any of you Patreon subscribers are already familiar with. This includes things like the 10 minutes, the cinematography, the bonus shows, the video casts, all that stuff. But for the next several weeks, two months almost, we've got a list of things here that we're going to be doing. One of which is today's subject which is the reevaluation of Lucifer. Now, with the advent of the events in seasons 12 through 15, with Dab's run, you really do have to reconsider everything we've been told or have come to believe about the character of Lucifer. When in fact, he may not have been all that wrong this entire time. Could he have in fact been trying to warn everybody and maybe do we need to look at everything he said and his perspective under a new lens? 
because there's a lot there. That's one of the major attributes to Dab's run is that there's been so many things that make us reevaluate, rethink him as a villain, him as a character, his drive and motivation and what makes him tick. And we're going to get into all of this, but even in Carver's run, that's the, 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 that's the thing that I like most about the decision to make Chuck bad. Dab's decision to make Chuck the big bad. Obviously, I have, we all have our qualms about it, mm-hmm. but at least it's consistent, the Lucifer side of thing. Because with Carver's desire or decision to bring Lucifer back first. Right. And then the introduction of the Mark of Cain, it changes right there. The entire perception of Lucifer. It really does. It makes everything. We talked about that for it, Jesus yeah. hours. Yeah. And we're going to do it again mm-hmm. in more detail tonight. <laughs> it really does. Because what, what I liked about it, and, I, and this is the last thing I'll say about it, because it's going to be the whole episode here, is it once again makes Lucifer not a liar. And I think that's a really interesting way to take I love it. his story. I think it's awesome. As a whole. Yeah. Now, we've also got on this list Rowena from Bad Witch to Good Witch. Oh, baby. Or or Bad Bitch to Good Witch. I don't know which one. Oh. I don't know which one we're going to go with exactly, but. Well, I'm a little progressive, so I'm going to go with Rowena from Bad Witch. But she's hot. She is hot. And she knows it. Oh, she, she she's a bad. Okay, so we gotta say it like this. Then. Oh, she a bad bitch. Then, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah then yeah. it's okay. Yeah, you gotta say it a little with a little ghetto on it. A little ghetto, so I yeah. can't yeah. say it. You're not too white. To say it. Hey, you're, too, you're too white. To that say makes it. sense. You just come off as I an abuser. That. I accept yeah. that. So with that, I'll say bad witch, and <laughs> you guys can say the other one. Yeah, we'll have two titles: there one for white people, bad bitch. and one for minorities, separate and equal. Yeah, yeah Jesus I like that. Right, title segregation. It's a thing. Oh my, in my America, that's terrible. You're a man. Now, this is going to be an ongoing segment where we discuss in further detail Rowena as a character. She has been one of the more interesting ones to watch in the last, what, five, six years now? Mm-hmm. Six years now. From her initial appearance and introduction to who she has ultimately become as of this moment in Supernatural's lore, what that meant for her as a character, the changes she had to go through, all these pivotal moments in her life that we bore witness to and what made her as a new character introduced in the 10th season of a show become a standout fan favorite very very quickly and i'm looking forward to that i know ryan's already half chubbed oh, up oh yeah that. i've already i've already got a little bit of a boner going already already well you know that's impressive so <laughs> Well, it's almost the top of the hour, so yeah, it's almost oh, flash shit. Time. Yeah, who is the who had last hour? Guys, I go to the bathroom. <clears throat> <laughs> so that's going to be an ongoing one. We also have blowing barons, a retrospective look back at his best work. That one's for Thomas. That's where I'm going to be jerking off. Yeah, rather right. violently. Well, then I'll make sure oh, I'm still. <laughs> I'll make sure I have coronavirus that day. <laughs> And this is going to be another ongoing one where we discuss Barons as a writer, because I think compared, there's nothing to take away from the others, but with him having the opportunity to write something that would have been a spinoff show and therefore become a showrunner of that, he's had a lot more, what's a, a career that you can track more easily, seeing how he's progressed, how he's improved, how he's changed, what decisions he's made that have improved his abilities and where that has led him. And just, it's no joke, or it's no surprise here that he is one of the strongest writers in recent years. And his episodes almost always get un- universal acclaim from the groom here. And honestly, it's just been fun to see him grow as a writer. It really has. Yeah. He's had a lot of interesting things. He's been given a lot of lofty goals and tasks to have to overcome. And he's had a lot of interesting ideas himself, both for characters that exist and his own original characters so that's something else we're going to get into now for the the ryan fans of the group yes. we are going to be doing another mystery spot 3000 what episode a most holy man the terrible episode from season 13 <laughs> the one written by both the by, showrunners by showrunner written andrew dab and uh, robert singer with the mafia kind of sort of thing yeah it wasn't that very is, great. That is still baffling because not even like, honestly, dude, the thing that shocks me the most, that was not so much that it was just bad. 
That it was the two leaders? But, but it was the two leaders, but also like what it was never clear what they were going for. Yeah. It's not like you could sit there and say, oh, they were clearly trying to make this. You're just sitting there with what happened. And the actor that played the most holy man was fantastic. He was great. Remember, we loved never him. got him again. Yeah. The fuck. You know, so okay. we're going to have so some that, fun. We're going to roast the fuck uh, out of that, that episode. One, that one's going to get fucked. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, I can't wait for that one. So that'll be be good. And I think it's time that we moved away from our almost annual tradition of bloodlines. Uh, blood with bloodlines. Oh, we're going to be doing <laughs> well, that soon. I didn't, say, I didn't well. say drop it. I said move away for a little bit. I will never let anyone forget that, that, <laughs> that steamy happened. pile of shit. That fucking happened. That was a warning to everyone. That's a warm, steamy shit. To this day. Ugh. So that'll be something new, something fun for us. One of the most exciting shows I think we're going to do, at least in my opinion, is the Crossroads Reads slash fiction, a performance to remember. Directed by Dire- Ryan. Directed Denton. and cast by Ryan Denton. Yep. Yeah, now, so, so what we're going to do with this, <laughs> Thomas, is very simple. Something horrible. Originally, Ryan was going to be the one to choose the slash fiction that we will read. It'll be a 45-minute read. Well, not just a read, though. It, it'll be a read-through, but we all have our assigned parts. Mm-hmm. Th- okay? That I'm casting. That Ryan is casting. So he's going to assign... You and I, Thomas, speaking roles. <laughs> we could play, I could play Castiel, perhaps. You could play Rowena, maybe. Depends on the slash fiction. Now, Ryan thought of a better idea during the pre-show in terms of finding the slash fiction. He wants to open it up to the listener. I want you guys to find the deepest, darkest, <laughs> nastiest slash fiction. And I, I will read them. I want to read them before... Because it'll make me giggle. I think the biggest thing you for me. You have semen in your mouth right now. Yes, just trying lots to of it. I mean, it's it's <laughs> coronavirus. So, so I definitely. What we need. I need a story. If we're gonna be. We're, if we're gonna he's be such, doing. He's such a douche producer already. I need a story. I need a script. If it's gonna <laughs> be, It's forty five minutes long. I mean, that's gotta be a story, dude. Like we're gonna need unless we're doing multiples. Like you know, oh, he's already yeah. wearing the baseball hat that all porn directors wear. It works. Yeah. I, I got to get the lighting right so everyone can see the gaping. I got to get the lighting. The gaping buttholes. It's a podcast. You got to get the lighting right. Yeah. I might, maybe, I'll, maybe I'll shoot it. Who knows? So. so my the, private collection. So Ryan's going to be casting the roles. You, if you guys want to find the slash fiction, you can send it to us, uh, to our Twitter account at cross. You know what? DM it to me because I don't want yeah. everyone else seeing it. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be a surprise what we're going to well, read. Well, they have to follow you to DM. Ooh. And you have to follow them back, so yeah. you have to be you have to be up on that. So let me send me a message then first, and let me know. Hey, I want to send you something. If I happen to not be following you, I try to follow most of the listeners that we're interactive with. So just, I need some go- I need some juicy stuff, guys. Ryan Ryan wants something that will both arouse and disgust him. I, think. I want to be aroused in a weird way, though, in a way you've never been before. Yes, and that'll be a line within the flash the yes. slash fiction. Yes, if you can I've find that, turn- you're turning me on in a way I've never been turned on yeah. before. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's the kind of thing we're working with. Yeah, I really want an awkward boner. Those are the best. The awkward yeah, boner. The awkward one where you're like, God, why do I have a boner right now? But yeah. I can't stop having a boner. Yeah, you stick your ass out a little bit. Wait, what? Well, because you're trying to hide hmm? the boner. You're just like, you uptuck. It's an uptuck. Oh, yeah. You can't do an uptuck. Are, are you a down tucker? Are you a, are you oh, a left down tucker? I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a downer. and then You're two. an ostrich in the sand. Okay. Not a meerkat looking for danger. I'm a meerkat looking for danger. <laughs> oh my god! I'm, I'm here looking for danger. Oh, yeah, that's a visual. That's my middle name. You'll never watch Planet Earth the same way. Yeah, people are throwing up right now. No, like not. people like click the link. New listeners, like, oh, oh so not the crossroads. Oh, yeah, coronavirus. I've been to, to check these guys yeah. out. Who the fuck? They're apparently are intellectual. Guys about their dicks like meerkats. <laughs> what the fuck? Damages. <laughs> All right. So for those who are more into the intellectual stuff again, we will also have Ellen and Joe Harville support cast heroes. Hotties. These are characters that honestly, every time, every time they're on screen, they are phenomenal. They did not get enough time in the show between seasons two and five. They have a great story and a tragic ending and, and characters that we would all love to see again, but we're also done justice. So I don't necessarily want them to come back. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot to talk about there. The parallels between the Harville family and the Winchesters and a lot of the stuff that ran through the crux of season two and their relationship with the boys. 
So that'll be another interesting one. Naturally, we have to do a top five. So we'll be doing our top five roads so far. And this will be things from the emotion it invokes, the music that's part of it. I already have my clips. I'm, I I have yet to do that, but I have ideas of which ones will be. Season, season one through five. <laughs> All right, we're done. All right, guys. Don't ever have to do that show. Actually, yeah. I don't think it is. But, dude, that's going to be fun because those roads so fars. They're well edited. It's just. Now the road so far is are kind of dialed in. Yeah, it's just like almost like a music video. But before it used to tell a story. It did. It used to tell That's you hard. the road so far is what it used to do in like thirty seconds, not even with a kick-ass soundtrack. Mm-hmm. I love it. I mean, it used to just set the tone of the episode. Yeah, uh, the season premiere, season finale, and mid-season premieres. So that's gonna be fun. And then finally is the one that I'm perhaps the most excited about. And this this was a natural conversation that Mike and I had a week ago now, maybe two weeks ago, but we naturally have to continue the supernatural RPG from various circumstances outside of the crossroads show. Andrew, who has Andrew, who created the story for that, uh, is no longer part of the network. His decision, not he ours. He got Corona and died. He got Corona and died. His Here's decision, not ours. But as a result, we're kind of left in a in a bit of an odd spot. So one thing that we <laughs> talked about jokingly has become an idea, and that is Supernatural RPG Session 3, the Andrew Flab Alternate Universe Reboot Extraordinaire. Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. And just like Andrew Dab being Chuck in Season 15... Andrew Flab will be destroying and rebooting his own universe. Yeah, I got I got a couple ideas, guys. It's gonna be really cool. It's gonna be meta. And it's gonna be the best. Cause I'm the best writer. Oh. So what this God. is gonna be is Andrew Flab in character. He's gonna reboot the fucking RPG. We'll be rebooting the RPG, and Ryan and I, as our characters, will be reacting to and surviving not only the events within the story. But as additional writers in the room giving Flab shit for the bad ideas that already, are undoubtedly happening in real life. Okay, when you say bad ideas, you mean good ideas, right? <laughs> I, I already hate this. I idea. love it. This is my oh this is my favorite thing because there's so many avenues we can go down, and it is so meta that it's back to being a hundred percent on point message wise. Oh my god, dude! <laughs> I'm gonna reboot this son of a bitch. You know, all the things that the other Andrew did, I'm going to redo it, but you were better. <laughs> if that ain't meta, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck is. So I, I, I got to remember my character. And I have I've notes. Re- I've got to react to you your... You have to be in character to, to react to the things that happen in the world around us. Oh, but Christ. also, I think, we haven't 100% figured it out, but the discussion will be... As if we were writers in the room of the actual RPG that's happening. Yeah, this this will be our finale discussion. This will end the season fifteen discussions essentially. So we're gonna have some fun. Yeah, and there's no exact uh, dates as to how we're gonna roll each of these out. That comes down to scheduling and everyone's abilities and stuff like that. Right, but right. these are the ideas. These are the episodes we have planned over the next seven weeks. So. That'll be fun. Looking forward to that. Send your slash fiction in. Yes. And it's going to be very intellectual and very gross over the next two months. Gross for sure. And, and I think if that, there's no other statement that encapsulates the show quite like that. Pretty one. Hey, hey, Vince, if you're tired of the dab fat jokes, then don't fucking listen. Take a fucking walk. We don't need you. Go fuck yourself. And we can start making fun of you. Goodbye. Not sure what happened there. It's some, some asshole on Twitter. He All he does is condescend, and I'm just tired of it. I'm tired of being the nice guy. I don't need him. He does nothing for us or this show. If you don't like our discussions and our jokes, and after, I don't know how long you've listened, if you don't understand our sense of humor yet, just take a walk. Bye. Oh, <laughs> I got dark. I don't fucking care. Who the fuck is this guy? Woo! Going to keep going, keep going. <laughs> Don't stop. All right. I'm just tired of Uh entitled people. Don't listen. You don't have to listen. This isn't being forced down your ear holes. You don't have to push play. (laughs) This isn't on broadcast television. This isn't the only thing on TV. This isn't the 80s and 90s when you had three choices. You literally have (laughs) to push. You literally have to push play. 
if you don't like it, don't push play. Fair enough. That's why I don't show up to some of the shows, guys. I don't like them. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So with that, let's start with the first one we discussed, the reevaluation of Lucifer as a character. Now, this is a character, this is a topic that we've been talking about for a while now, primarily due to the fact that Nick was still alive at the event end of season 13, beginning of season 14. And it resulted in a lot of questions about where his character was going. What is the ultimate purpose of this? And it made us think new things when season 14 ended with the finale, revealing that God is in fact the real villain, the grand puppeteer, the, the mastermind behind everything. And, what is either honestly what is either a stroke of genius or blind stumbling luck, luck. <laughs> the showrunners because now there's two they keep making that a very clear point that's a that's a clear point right the showrunners for seasons 12 through 15 have managed to make a statement about a character all right that was painted as the ultimate evil villain for so long the crux the big bad for seasons 1 through 5 the original guy Ten years later, they're taking a reevaluation of that has made us question everything that we know about him, everything we know about his motivations, his desires, what he said is real or not, the universe as a whole that we now have to look at with fresh eyes. Now, Mike said this earlier, it's it's no question that it's been a very divisive decision when they decided to turn God into the villain. With some of us in this room don't care for it, but whether or not we personally care for it, it does feel consistent with the various different narrative elements that they've had running throughout the years. And that goes all the way back to season four when Chuck's first introduced and even calls himself an evil, capricious God. So it's not something that's impossible. Whether or not it left a bad taste in your mouth is a subjective opinion, but it is there in a way that works. Now, when we take that personal choice out of it when we go back from an objective look over the years the lucifer angle is probably one of the more consistent aspects of making god out to be the villain simply because honestly no one else was calling him a villain no one else despite the atrocities that occur all the time despite the problems despite their lives essentially being toyed with forever Nobody else called him a villain except Lucifer. And by going down that route, we almost have vindication or at least validation of Lucifer's complaints that it was all propaganda, that it was all a lie, that he really did love his father that much and saw all the other humans and angels as lesser and not as worthy and all these various things that we're telling ourselves are him just trying to get his way in seasons five and six and seven, even when he does show up in those lucid moments or uh, fever dream moments now have to be looked at again and considered differently because he's not wrong. And which is something I said at the top of the show, I really do like how one of the most appealing aspects to me about Lucifer was that he never lied to Sam and Dean, especially Sam. He never did anything that you couldn't sit there and say, well, I should have seen that coming. Yeah, that's, that's the best thing about the character is the honesty. But sometimes honesty hurts, dude. Or sometimes <laughs> more like de- all the time, depending on the way you're telling the truth, because Lucifer is well, the great deceiver. That's not, not that has nothing to do with necessarily the ability to lie or lying. It's the way he says things. Well, he could he could always he could tell you the truth, but leave crucial parts out but he's still telling you the truth so i think that was the the best part about lucifer is that he could he could tell you the truth but just leave specific parts out where he's not lying he's just not telling you everything and i think that was the that is goes really well with the the like you said mike the great deceiver he can yeah. deceive you by telling you the truth like that's the ultimate yeah, we're not saying he's a good guy no in, he's in, not. In, a, in a in a moral puritan-esque sense he's he's not but is he the bad guy that chuck slash god has made him out to be the christian propaganda uh that has labeled him the 
the villain of all, the destroyer, the person who wants to kill everything, has started everything. That's that's what we're going to discuss. That's the reevaluation of Lucifer. That's what we're going to get to the bottom of because they flipped it on us. And it, again, it's it's one of the, in my opinion, it's it's the single greatest thing about making Chuck the big bad of the entire show is that you then now look at the villain that was essentially the big bad of the entire show for so long. And now we're like, holy shit, he is actually not the big bad. He's being manipulated like everyone else. He really is. And that's the thing that I love about that story. That really does work with what Dab and and Singer and the crew did there. Because you're right, Mike. It's, It's, he's not a good guy. But that doesn't mean he didn't, A, have a point he was making, and B, mm-hmm. it really is a matter of perspective. And could you argue that he wasn't a bad guy originally, but propaganda and being placed in this role by God, by whomever, by Christian dogma, claiming who he is and he is this monster. You know, there's a quote that I love from a show, Black Sales. Everyone's a monster to someone. Since you are so convinced that I am yours, I will be it. Yeah. That well, is Lucifer. He, after so long, well, kind of right. leans I mean, into look it. Look at the look at the vindication, though. I mean, like, he's he goes through all yeah. the, the the Christian, you know, bullshit of of saying, Hey, you're you're a horrible person and you're you know, the God, devil. You're the devil. God is is almighty and right. And then it turns out God's the bad guy. And I think that goes back to the ultimate vindication for Lucifer saying, you know, look, I've been telling you guys this for years. Okay, for eons that this guy isn't as great as you guys make him out to be. And now the ultimate vindication is season 15 where it's like, <laughs> I told you so. Like, he- Well, it really is. Like, it's Soylent Green as people. He's the one who's been, I mean, how many stories do we know about in the real world where somebody says, no, that's not how it happened. This is the truth. And right. no one believes that Nobody because believes of right. media and propaganda and how we say things and who said what first. And a bad PR. Lucifer had the worst PR team. You know, he. Hey, up until yesterday, we didn't think UFOs were real. Right. And <laughs> he does have that sense of vindication. That does have to be a little bit satisfying, rewarding. Finally, somebody sees it for what it is. But unfortunately, in a tragic twist of fate, it happened only after he was you know, killed sent and sent empty. to the empty. Yeah. And sent to the empty again. You know, <laughs> which does suck. But I. The fact that we talked in season 10 so much about the, and you're right, Mike, the, the Mark McCain blew open the doors of possibility and questions about morality and, and was Lucifer truly the villain or was he a victim? And, and we spent hours discussing that because you could argue he wasn't a bad guy originally, but he was pushed, nudged, driven down a path because his father had decided to paint him that way. He made him the villain. And with what we know about Chuck's writing in season 15, what he chooses Sam and Dean to do, how much of a choice did Lucifer have? Truthfully, Apocalypse Universe, Michael is Lucifer in that scenario. The the angel who believed and was abandoned. And we see from a different coin, a different take on the same story. What Michael's good in our universe, bad in Apocalypse. Mm -hmm. He's Lucifer's bad in our universe, but there's one out there where he made Lucifer the good guy. So how much free will did he have? Was he pushed into this decision? All of that really does show how much of a villain Chuck is. And as a dickhead writer, he needed a grand villain for his, you know, brother versus brother story. And he chose one of his sons, his favorite son to be that. And it's also that's kind of poetic in a way because you'd want to use your favorite character as your character. And most people like the villains more than the heroes. But that sucks for the guy who has to play that role. That's, you know, his life his his everything about him. He's doomed to this. It's not hard to see that that could easily drive someone, anyone toward a darker path. And like I said, that phrase, everyone's a monster to someone. And if you're so convinced that I am it, I, you know, I will be, so be it. This is the role I've been deemed fine. I'm going to lean into it. If you're going to, if you're going to keep calling me a villain and call me a bad guy, I might as well become what you keep telling me I am. And I I clearly don't have a choice. I don't have a choice. You've already deemed me that. So fuck it. I guess I'm going to become the bad guy. I think it's dude, it's really interesting because you see that in, in 
in a lot of society and in day-to-day life, you know, like if someone every day told you that you were a piece of shit Mm -hmm. every single day, eventually you're going to go like, well, fuck, I might be a piece of shit. Like you're going to start believing it. You're going to start believing it. And I think that's, that's the thing with Lucifer is that we don't know. Obviously we don't, we don't know for any type of real, if it's real or not, but he's been put on this pedestal of being a shitty, horrible, you know, thing entity. And we've never heard anything like, anything good. It's always mm-hmm. been bad stuff. So he obviously has to be a bad guy. Right. So I think it's really interesting the way they, they kind of play it out with the character and in this show. He starts off as being, you know, the ultimate evil and then slowly becomes, you know, Hey, maybe he wasn't really, I mean, he was bad, but he like, he was telling the truth the whole time. I think that's the weird thing about it. It's hard to look at, you hear the word Lucifer, and even just sitting here, even though I know it's it's supernatural, when you hear the word, the, the name Lucifer, it still you think, conveys evil. Evil, right? Yeah. Despite like, its definition of Lightbringer, exactly. It's such a weird. It's it's weird because it's for you know the thirty four years I've been on the earth. Every time I hear the word Lucifer or the name Lucifer, I think evil or bad guy, right? Mm-hmm. And then the more you kind of like he shows up in the show, it's like you know. And then you this last season, it's like oh, I don't know, you know. Well, and you know, and you're not the only one who's had to have that perspective. In 2012, Mark Pellegrino, the actor, talked about why he thinks Lucifer is a good guy, which I, as time has gone on, makes more and more sense with what he say, what he said here. He says, "I look at Lucifer as the good guy. I look at any character I play as good because I need to get behind what they're doing, however inappropriate or bad it may seem to the outside world." So for me, Lucifer is actually seeking justice. It's a revenge story and a story of betrayal by those whom he had loved and respected the most, and he wants to get back at them. And I think that's an incredibly great insight to this character. This is an actor who understands not just what's written on the page, not what the dialogue is for his character and how he's supposed to play the part, but somebody who really took it to the next level and asked questions about why is my character like this? Who are they as a person? What drives them? What do they need? What do they want? Because now this is in 2012 all the way to today. We now see that wasn't that far off. That really is kind of the point of his character. It would seem as of right now, unless they do some really crazy shenanigans, he really was Somebody seeking justice, somebody out for revenge, betrayed by those he felt that he loved the most, Michael and God. He loved and respected them, even Gabriel. And all of them try to kill him. His son, Jack, all of them hate him. All of them turn against him. What option do you have besides become the villain? Right. Right. And I think that was a great idea. And there's, there is an, Again, he's an actor. If you're a, most actors worth their salt, do go into these levels to understand their character. See how the world the same way they do in preparation to be a more convincing version of this character. Well, it goes to show you what type of effort an actor puts himself or puts into a role, especially something like this. You can tell it's obviously very important to Pellegrino as well as Kripke for the first round Carver and, and of course dab it's important for these, these writers or to these actors to understand and even form their own internal story or their internal monologue of sorts. So they can portray this character correctly. How the director slash or showrunner has crafted this character. I mean, the same thing can be said about pretty much any villain. Um, I, I interviewed um, Christopher Heyerdahl a couple years back. Um, he was actually in Supernatural. Uh, he was the demon that Alistair. tortured. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, I was talking to him about Hell on Wheels because he played a villain, a bad guy, let's say, in Hell on Wheels. And he, when we were talking, says he doesn't view his character as the bad guy. He's like, I'm not bad. I'm like, really? He's all, no, I'm not bad. <laughs> 
He's all there's a there's a there's a reason. He's all for some reason within Western literature, we we feel like we have to always assign roles. Good guy, bad guy. He's all but I don't look at it that way. And when I form this character, I can't think I'm bad. I think I'm innocent. I feel that I've been wronged and I'm just reacting. And I thought that was a genius way to look at at an actor who's trying to get ready for a role. Because imagine if the actor playing the part believed the character was truly evil and bad. It would change the entire persona. You would oh, see yeah. it. A good actor, you would see it change completely. Don't we always talk, too, about like a good villain or an actor that plays a good villain is the villain that believes that he's right and the things that he's doing are for the for the good of... You know what he's making these decisions for. I mean, it's like at the end of the day, like a good villain is someone where you could look at and go, man, I can kind of understand where he's coming from. You know, like like Thanos. I can kind of understand why he wants to snap half a fucking universe away. I hate in Infinity War. He's a very compelling villain. Yeah. And it's and I think that's the thing when we talk about villains, when you look at them and you look at their ultimate goal or you look at what their ultimate plan is or whatever it is you want to call it. And you look at it and go, God, I can kind of fucking understand that. Like, I feel like that's a villain that you can that or, or the, the the actor is playing a villain that you can go oh, shit man i can kind of understand well, that and i can kind of understand why he's doing what he's doing and it's the same i've said this i think on this show before that if the vil, if the devil let's say the devil's real like without a doubt we know if he was really this cloven hooves pitchfork i'm going to torture you for all eternity right. then you would never do anything evil because you're like, this is the end result. Yeah, I'm gonna get but if the, devil, the if the devil says things and is more convincing and makes you consider a different viewpoint that may not be the most morally altruistic version of w- ways to go about things, but you can see where he's coming from. It's that relatability, that humanity, that aspect where we could see ourselves in those shoes if circumstances were different that make us empathize and care about this character. Whether you like villains or not, whether they do good or evil, you have to empathize with them for them to be a truly substantial villain. Darth Vader is somebody you can empathize with and see why they the do torment. the ways they yeah, do. and the things that he's doing, yeah. Truly evil villains like Sidious and, and you know, Frieza from, are just, yeah, from Dragon Ball Z. just wants to be an asshole to be an asshole. You can have those. There's no problem with that. Yeah. But, but the ones that we constantly come back to are often the ones that make us think about things on a different the complicated level. the, the misunderstood ones when you can see their argument where you can see where they come from where you can put yourself in that perspective that's one of the things i loved about infinity war as you brought up ryan because i could see myself yeah i've said things that thanos has said it's like look dude you know? i hate half the population anyways dude like right. i would probably snap them out of existence too like fuck them you know like you and guys that's, are a waste of space. That's what makes a character worth watching. I yeah. snap out of existence some of our listeners. Oh, I'm just saying. Anger. Aggressive. Anger. <laughs> now, after the original Kripke run, we had Lucifer show up as visions in season six and seven and then right. kind of go on the back burner for a while. So, which made sense at the time. But it was showrunner Jeremy Carver during his 11th season where he found a way to bring Lucifer back. In a manner that was both meaningful and further fleshed out our sympathy for this character. It's sympathy for the devil if you want to be a, a tool shit about it. But that is... Don't, who, don't, don't, don't front. You know it works. It does. I'm not happy about it. <laughs> but that's the thing is it worked. Especially yeah. when you look at Mark of Cain. If you go back to our oldest shows, that was the stuff that we spent... Four hour shows. Dude, do you, I remember you were so passionately against the Mark of Cain. Conceptually, and, I like, still am. And you liked what it did for Dean. And you, yeah. and before you really thought about it, you're like, this is really cool. And then you, I the saw, weeks went on. You were like, wait a second. When we had this discussion on air, you're like, wait a second. This actually changes everything about the whole, everything about Lucifer, too, because of the Mark of Cain is what twisted him right. and tainted him then it kind of changes your view of what the devil should be. But honestly, in retrospect, I would disagree with you again, because if anything, it is consistent with the lie that he is the cause of all of this. When, so yes, yes and no. 
I still stand by what I believe to be true at that time with the information given to us. Were Chuck to be the good guy? As a result of the revelations that have come since then, you are 100% right. And the Mark of Cain is all the more tragic yeah. an element because that means God essentially fucked over his son. Like he picked Lucifer As a to be yeah. a sacrificial lamb. I mean, that's the, the, you know, Isaac, we will sacrifice him. I will contaminate him with evil and wrongdoing and, and temptation so that I can lock away my sister. Like that's fucked as hell as it is. Oh, you know, sometimes you gotta lock away a sister. Dude. I lock away my sister oh. sometimes. And that's the thing is that, it 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 bothered me at the time, but with where things have gone, I should be careful with my jokes. <laughs> you should probably pump your brakes a little bit. You don't want to get in trouble. <laughs> where it went since then has made all the more sense. And at the same time, if you're going to bring Lucifer back, and this is something that Carver, I think, did a very good job with, and and Dab now that we look back here from 12 through 15, from a story standpoint, Lucifer did exactly what he needed to do in the first five seasons. He was the villain, and he was fucking great He's the at ultimate, it. ultimate badass. It was perfect. It was everything we needed. It was the story that was trying to be told at yeah. that time. We understood where he came from, but we didn't agree with, obviously, right. his whole means about doing things. But it wasn't until Carver's run that we started to see the pieces of the bigger picture, the full story. The propaganda started to deteriorate, and we saw what actually was happening behind the scenes that the mark of Cain was this temptation that even Dean who we knew of and trusted beyond a shadow of a doubt at this time is, is put in a position where Sam's afraid of him and where things that we never thought right. would happen were now faced with. I mean, at the time we said that this changed Lucifer's motives completely. It justified his actions all the more. He was not, completely in control of his life and his decisions at that point. Could he really be blamed for what was done to him? These are philosophical questions about the nature of evil and nature versus nurture. And, and given different circumstances, what choices would other people make when we cast someone or call someone evil that really make us think? And I think that's a hallmark of great writing and good entertainment because we were sitting here for hours talking about is the devil yeah. Oh, I remember Wrong. those shows, guys. And now, through that's one of the best things about Dab's run is that now he took that idea and ran with it and showed us that he he's not all that we were led to believe he was yeah. at that time. I, and listen, I said this said this at the beginning of the show, and I'll say it again. I think it's the, one of the best decisions Dab has made. Like I, I, oh man, I'm so That's hard to say, huh? No, 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 no. Because what I'm trying to say is that I, as a fan, as a supernatural fan, <clears throat> did not want Chuck to be bad. Right. Did not. Right. I'm adamantly against it. Passionately against it. But looking at this from a critical standpoint, separating the fan and being solely objective. It makes perfect fucking sense. It makes perfect sense. And it makes you look different. It makes you, I mean, isn't that what a writer should do when you're 15 yeah. years in and there's not really a, so many other directions you can take the story because everything's been done, right? At least that's what they say. Right. I pr can probably write another 20 years of this show. <laughs> but let's go with a line of thought that they've, they've gone in every direction. Let's reevaluate mm -hmm. let's go back and take things that have been standing in plain sight the entire time we have a character that has literally been saying i'm not bad <laughs> his, his whole entire time on the show almost every single episode he's in yeah. I, it's propaganda it's a lie why did my father do this to me in mm -hmm. fact in his the episode that he came back wasn't there an entire story i want to say in season 11 the first time he sat down and talked to chuck he Wanted an, an apology yeah. for making him wear the mark of Cain. It's been staring at us the entire time. So Dab's decision to do that absolutely works and makes sense. And it's one of the best decisions he's made as a showrunner because it just is so fucking consistent. Mm -hmm. 
well, and then even to to do what Dab did by making Chuck the villain, and the also questionable at the time, but seems to be working okay right now, because it's always risky. The meta aspect, going meta with Chuck as a writer. The, I mean, it's one of the things I loved about Michael in season 14. What little we got of him was saying, Chuck's a writer and he's just writing drafts and writing drafts and all this stuff. Again, staring us in the face. Yeah. Yep. And we didn't want to look at it at that time. If we know he always falls into the same brother versus brother storyline. And that's what Sam and Dean are, his favorite characters. Then that really makes you consider is Lucifer and Michael the first draft of his story. That's rough. Literally, Lucifer and Michael is the first draft, and then he's like, I can do this better. Then he wrote the Sam and Dean version and incorporated ideas from the first draft into it. Can you imagine? It, that you were nothing but a plaything at that point. I mean, Chuck loves family drama. He's done it time and time again. All the multiverses have Sam and Dean killing each other. Thematically, it works. You're dealing, you're, with, you're dealing with brothers. You're manipulating them. You gave one the mark. You want one to kill the other. He's literally doing to Sam and Dean over and over and over what he possibly did or did with Lucifer. Look at the apocalypse. Yeah. Kill your brother. One of you. I don't care which. There's different versions of this event. This is literally the first draft of Chuck's story. And so almost like a Toy Story element, did he get bored with you and cast you aside? And that's why he left. And that's why he doesn't care. And then you see Sam and Dean these filthy humans who he came back for, who he loves, who he continues to write about while you are trapped in hell and forgotten. That's fucking depressing. Yeah. And these are things that would be really interesting to find out or, or to have Chuck in the last few episodes say or admit to or confront in some way. But even if he doesn't, I, it's still pretty clear. I mean, he, he did orchestrate things for lucifer and michael to fight and one of for one of them to kill each other dick <laughs> it's pretty fucking good when you, when you <laughs> go back and look at it it is pretty fun oh it is it's just a dick move yeah now carver bringing back lucifer in season 11 also made sense because of chuck's return that i mean having him show up you almost needed the villain to show up and expound upon that story especially with the mark of Cain in season 10 being the thing that resulted in the darkness being free which resulted in chuck showing up it's perfect therefore because writing and it helped us learn more about lucifer and his relationship to chuck as a whole and it gave us a a, a way to understand his viewpoint at that time it gave us a way to realistically see lucifer teaming up with the winchesters at the end of season 11 i mean because after all that was essentially another ending that was for intents and all intents and purposes the way carver ended the show the way some people view the end of the show as it currently stands it all came back to family. It was a grander scale. The The Winchesters dealt with their family issues. And in season 11, the Celestials dealt with their family issues in one way or another. And you had to bring Lucifer back into the equation for that. And it, it worked. And it's always interesting to find out that somebody who we've known for a decade is not the person we were led to believe or they were painted to be for all of us to consume and not ask questions about. And that's another thing, the idea that stories and and good writing is supposed to make you question beliefs. All stories are supposed to make you think, question what you would do, think about what you might have done differently, challenge your own philosophical and moral belief system. And that's what this did by having us say, hmm, was the devil a bad guy? I mean, what was it? The second, not the second to last episode, but one of the last ones we yeah, have a few second to last one. Yeah, was it? it was. Yeah. Okay. I got the number of wrong. season 11 of season 11. Yeah. yeah. The four part finale. We get a conversation between Lucifer and God angry that his father abandoned him angry that he gave him the mark of Cain and wanting an apology and wanting to be absolved of, of the shit that Chuck threw at him. That's 
What, how is that different than what Dean and Sam wanted from John? It's not. In fact, I remember when this episode happened, we actually were happy about it. Like, yes, this is the conversation that needed to happen. And if you remember, we weren't happy with Chuck's response. No. It, it was a shrug and like he didn't give a fuck. It was a dickhead move. And I was like, why didn't he respond differently to Lucifer? It's like, eh, whatever. You're not going to get the apology. Who cares what I did to you? And at that time, it felt kind of out of character, especially with how Chuck was with everyone else. But now, again, looking back, it works. It's consistent. Well, and again, it's something that in a lot of ways, one of it is one of Dab's best decisions, because in a lot of ways, it is staring us in the face for years. Going back to that interview from Pellegrino from 2012, he said that he believes Lucifer is just more honest than the other angels, a fact that we all love. Yeah. He said he, he doesn't have to really lie or cheat or manipulate anybody for real. All he has to do is point to facts and what exists to make his case, because there's quite a case to be made against God and the archangels if one chooses to. What we're used to, and I mean, that is true. That is season 14 Lebanon when John comes back for the episode immediately dickhead castiel and zachariah show up and try and start fucking things up and killing people (laughs) you know michael in apocalypse world tried to eradicate all humans and michael in our universe didn't ask questions didn't push things Raphael starts a civil war despite the casualties to brother and sister in heaven they're a bunch of dicks as dean said lucifer really was the one with the worst pr but was the only one to really Tell it like it is. That's all the sadder, really. And he goes on to say, what we're used to in Western civilization isn't kind of isn't kind of what you get because the mythology is there, but we're used to Lucifer being this anti-man, which is there, this anti-Christ, the anti-being, the prince of lies, and who you get is this sincere, honest, driven person, and it's a little disconcerting. I try to go for real... Uh, I try to go for that just by being sincere and having fun and appealing to like Sam and Dean and to my fellow angels appealing to their good nature. And I think that is what makes me as a fan, a Lucifer fan, the most compelling aspect of him because every time he was on screen, I'm sitting there like that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I like what you're saying. I do. We all did it. I I shouldn't. I, I, it's one of those things that you have to sit there when you're watching him on screen and you have to kind of think about like, you sit there and you go, man, God, I get, I, I get it, dude. Like it kind of makes sense, and it's, and then you question yourself. You're like, am I fucked up? Like, oh yeah, I know. That. Am I, am I a shitty person for thinking that they, that might actually be sort of a? Yeah, am I agreeing with the devil? Yeah, come what on the now. Fuck is wrong with me? Like, it, it's, it's just, it's weird though. But that's, that's a good character. That's a good character that. You know, makes you like you said earlier, Thomas. Makes you question your moral beliefs. And, it should, and, and, it, and it should. And it, I think it's I, it's one of the best characters. Like there was some bumps for a couple years. Well, show running, writing decisions, yeah. but mm-hmm. overall, like I want to was it season twelve? Is that when he was meandering a bit? Yeah. Well, I, like, I, but overall, his what governs him? His selfishness, his right. nihilistic behavior. Right. Uh, the points he wants to prove it's very consistent with with everything that we've seen prior well i think the thing that that is really interesting about lucifer is the transition of being the ultimate evil which he was in the first five seasons to this different type of character yeah he's still evil but he it's like you you talked about earlier thomas when when sam and dean have to actually team up with him it, it, he come, he he goes from season 1 through 5 being this ultimate evil this mm-hmm. in game evil to okay now we kind of have to work with this guy like mm-hmm. this is it's it, he's had such a weird transition and and i don't mean weird in a bad way i just mean weird in the transition and scope hard for us to believe that hard, it would yeah get to that and, point. and it's you know, and, and well, I mean, at, at the end of the day, like we were into 15 seasons. Like, I feel like you, Mike said it earlier, you, we've gone through everything. Like you've literally pushed out almost all the scenarios. So you've got to change things up. Right. So, I mean, why not make the in-game big bad, maybe be someone you have to work with. I think it's a, it's a good, he's had a really good transition for a character that if you really think about it, probably was done after season five. 
Oh yeah, realistically was. Yeah, and I think like to to take the transition of of a character who was just completely, you know, batshit crazy and and pure evil to make him maybe you know Sam and Dean have to work with him is is a pretty cool transition in general. Yeah. Well, that's the thing that I that Carver did a great job of, and Dab did a did do a great job of that. What you said, he was done. Lucifer as a character was done at the end of season five. Gamble's stuff was more of a playing with the the mentality. So, and we never it was got her full run. It was, it. Cycle, it was yeah. a psychological fallout, which yeah. is its own interesting element. But Carver continues the concept of what Lucifer had said and asked the question, "What if he was right?" Mm-hmm. And from that, we get season eleven, and I want an apology, and the Mark of Cain, and all this stuff. And then from there, Dab and his team just simply took what was left and continued to say, well, what would happen then? Because of this, what would Lucifer then do? And it led us to a situation where it's very, I mean, season 13 for its problems, Lucifer and and Jack at the end and wanting family and, and how painful that was and then just going into being a monster again was one of the things we loved the most about that season because it was fantastic to watch and painful to watch. And it really does help flush him, flesh him out as a character and make it all the more of a tragedy, really. And I love tragedies because I'm fucked up in the head, which is why I also listen to Lucifer. I'm like, you know what? You got some points there, dude. <laughs> you know, but- well, tragedy is the basis of some of the greatest pieces of literature in history. So I most mean- of Shakespeare's famous stuff is not his comedies. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and now that being said, it's very easy. There, there is a understanding of the underlying subtext over the actual message that's being said. It's hard to rally behind Lucifer. It's hard to get, be like team Satan, you know, and really believe him or, or get behind him, especially after what he did to Jack at the end of season 13 and that causing the problems that they find themselves in, in 14. And I think that's one of the things that dab and the group did a good job with because Lucifer never was going to be or should be somebody that we like. And I don't think he's somebody necessarily that we have to feel sorry for. He's a tragic character, but a lot of the stuff that happened, he was given opportunities to change and he leaned into what he knew already. Yeah. You don't have to get behind him for him to be a compelling character. And just because someone has a tragic life or backstory or reasons behind what they did something doesn't mean what they did was right or forgivable. Right. See, and that's where, and I know there's been lots of just conflicting messages on social media as to when the team supernatural, the writing room and producers fully came to the conclusion that, Hey, this is the end. This is the end of the road. Some say it was prior to, um, various decisions, the death of Lucifer, for example, Mm -hmm. and being sent to the empty and killing of the vessel, Nick. But I almost wish they had held off on that. Now that we know that we are in the last season and what we know of Lucifer of uh, Chuck being the grand orchestrator of of all this madness, I feel like if we don't get some And maybe Lucifer doesn't need to be around for that. But I feel like if we don't get some type of verbal statement about Lucifer being right this whole time, I think that'd be a travesty because yes, I agree. Perhaps we don't need to hear it because we're we're having it to be a conversation. You think so? I think so. I think at the end of the day, like there needs to be some kind of conversation between Chuck and Lucifer. If Lucifer does come back, there well, not, has to be something. You know what I'd Lucifer rather say? and the Winchesters. Imagine if Lucifer and Sam. Yeah. What if they team up? You know, I hate to say team up. It sounds so comic booky, it, but it does. Yeah. But what if, in some way, they have to work together for real? And it's what Lucifer has been wanting the whole time. That actually makes them good. Just like we said at the top of the discussion, when you're told you're bad your entire life. When the entire universe thinks you're the evil bastard that does all bad things, you kind of just start doing those things because it's expected of you. I mean, this is psychology with children yeah. all the time. You never tell your children they're bad. 
You don't say certain words because then they assume the role. It's psychological. So when you look at at Lucifer as a character, if all he wants is acceptance, if Sam and Dean were fi- were to finally say, we get it. We, well, we get it. We exactly. don't forgive you because I don't think exactly. any of us can forgive him for, no. especially again, like what you said, Thomas, we can't really forgive Lucifer. I think I, I could have forgiven him if it wasn't for what he did to Jack at the yeah. end of what season 13. 13. Yeah. Cause that was just so fucking savage. Well, I think that's the, you nailed it, dude. That's what I was going to say is that I don't want them to say we forgive you. I don't want Sam to say that, but what I understand I want Sam to say, I understand. Yes. For the first time, they, I understand. They can't forgive him. but I Because think I have. think that would be more valuable to him. He doesn't want their forgiveness. No. He doesn't care about that. What he but wants I, is someone to understand where he came and from. And acknowledge what the truth. He said, there acknowledge needs to be the truth. He needs to have some validation. And I think that, you know, his, his, him telling the truth this entire time about how, you know, God is the bad guy. It, he needs some validation. I don't think I don't think that they they can give him, you know, hey, we forgive you. I don't think that's ever going to happen. It's Lucifer. Like right. for for fuck's sake. Like you right. can't but I feel like at the same time there needs to be some type of like mutual like you said. There there's a mutual thing because Sam and Dean have getting fucked over by God as well. So I feel like there has to be some type of mutual like hey, I understand what and, and I honestly, this is going to be probably not going to happen, but I think also someone needs to apologize to him. And, and I don't Gabriel, know who, I, I don't know. Like who, Michael, I don't know who, someone needs to give his him brothers? some type of apology. Okay. I, I, so I can see his brothers forgiving yeah. him because they're his yes, blood. They're his brothers. Yeah. But someone has to give him some type of apology because at the end of the day for eons, he's been saying, Hey, he's been right. Dad's a shithead. And you guys don't listen to me. And I've been trying to, and he was the closest to God. Was he not? Yeah. Why do you think he got cast down? So for him to, to, to tell the truth this entire time and for them to not believe him and he gets cast out for it. I think someone owes him an apology. I don't know who's going to give it to him. I think the answer is the only answer to me that makes the most sense would be Michael. We have Michael who has just learned that God's a fucking liar along the ride with Adam. Adam has forgiven his brothers, right? Michael could be the only one I see realistically forgiving Lucifer or saying, I'm sorry because dad pushed us into this situation and I was too blind to see it. And I think Michael, if you remember the swan song, he asks when he's possessed, Sam asks, why does it have to be like this? He didn't want to do it, but he knew that was the role he was put in. Yeah. I think if Michael said, I'm sorry, I understand. I forgive you. That would be all the peace he needs. Because Amara's not, she got fucked over by God too, but she doesn't really care about him. They don't have a relationship that we know of. It would feel kind of weird. Gabriel would make sense, but he's been dead twice now. I don't want him coming back. (laughs) And Raphael was just the asshole brother. So fuck him. Yeah. But Michael's the only one where they were set up for the apocalypse. They were Sam and Dean. It makes sense. And I think that would be a nice fitting end to put his... Currently, what I know of as awake in the empty spirit form, whatever, to go to rest, finally. So, it's. I think that's what we'd like to see happen, and I think I want Lucifer to show up one more time before the end of the show. I mean, last we saw, he's walking out of a portal in what was one of the most epic visual effects oh scenes. Oh my god! Ever that, that was so dope. Holy shit! Whoever's decision it was to go with that. Was primordial amazing. like just with look with red eyes holy fuck yeah. loved it so i want to see him back i feel like that's a loose end that needs to be tied up and i think it would make sense with chuck being revealed as the f- dickhead that he is so with that th- now this is kind of just a start maybe of this discussion we will see what you all as listeners think because we could leave things where they are and see what happens with season 15, or we can go into a much more now that we know the full story, narrow perspective episode by episode that Lucifer is a relevant character in and see what he says and analyze those things a little bit more in depth and how these breadcrumbs lead to the story that's been told. So we're going to let, we'll see the people the, see. Yeah. Let's see the, the reaction we get. And if people enjoyed the conversation, then we can go more, more in depth, more in depth. If not, you know, there's always the slash fiction. Yeah, mm. right. Exactly. Can't wait. 
So coming up, as you have you had mentioned, Thomas, we do have various shows planned for Coronatus that are that are in fact part of our free feed. I know I had some questions on Facebook as to um, the comment was um, is is there going to be any free stuff for us poor listeners? <laughs> and I felt bad. I'm like, of course, these are these are these are all that we discussed. Yes, everything we went through at the top of the show is all free. We're never going to be a, a a straight paid, you know. We're never going to be straight. Podcast. What? No, we're never going to be straight either. But <laughs> talking for Thomas? Yes. Oh, okay. But in order to keep doing these shows, we do have to have the Patreon content, and we do push that out as well. Uh, and you can get additional shows that we have planned. We have, of course, our ten minutes at the crossroads that we do every single month. Uh, we have a couple interpretive discussions on. Um, the no no exit for the cinematography tier Dean and the Vanishing Lines that just released a couple days ago. I also have one planned for monster movie. We're going to get into depth oh, uh, really? on the cinematography. Mm, that's an interesting one. Also, the pre shows that go with all of our broadcasts, and then on our podcast tier, we have the bonus show Supernatural Origins number five that Thomas and I we just recorded mm-hmm. just tonight, and then the Crossroads bonus show, the Crossroads review you. Not you, people. Not people individually. Oh, but Sarah Gamble's you. We do these every once in a while where we break down a former alumni of Supernatural. And we'll get into that. And then the video cast here, we have planned uh, episode 2-8, Crossroads Blues. Episodes 2-9, Croatoan. And then the Crossroads video cast, Lore Horrors Vamps. Ooh. And it'll be an ongoing discussion where we're going to get more in depth on the vampires as monsters and oh. how they were developed through the year. Well, especially because they've gone through some significant changes they have over the years. Con action. Yeah. yeah. So with all of that, that's what about 17 shows planned over Jesus. the course of, so we're doing that all in one night. Then. Yeah, pretty much yeah. tonight, actually. <laughs> oh, great. Can't wait. So over the course of three months, we're <laughs> going to be going through all of that. So we're going to keep the content coming. C-U-M-O. We, we oh, shut up. Plus, we have the boys coming up. Yes. Maybe, right? I, I'm Is, hoping. Have they announced? We have the boys coming out, which we are going to break. We are going to do those episodes, right? Again? Yeah, of oh, course yeah. we are. Okay. It's the best thing I've I'm watched in years. It so fast, it's not even fun. <laughs> Dude, yeah, that show's been phenomenal. So we have that either in June or July if it ends mm-hmm. up coming out. So we have a lot of things in store. Yeah, yeah. So with that, let us know what you thought of this reevaluation of Lucifer. If you'd like us to go more in depth with this conversation, or if you like to just move on to the pornographic hour. Yeah. So, <laughs> but thank you all for listening. Hopefully you guys enjoyed the conversation and we will see you all next time. You little maggot. You little maggot. You are no longer a part of this story. Hey, ass butt.